Thank you for clicking on this podcast episode of Joe Blogs About Films, episode 28 to be exact. Uh, this podcast is available on Google, Apple, Spotify Podcasts and rss.com. Really appreciate wherever you listen to it on whatever platform. Absolute superhero, as I usually say. Last time round, or I think at the weekend, I think Friday, Saturday and Sunday, um, I just released a ton of podcasts that came out, I think three Per, yeah, one per day, really. Um, so if you checked out any of those, as I say, we spoke about the revisiting of Venom. Uh, we also did No Time to Die, and we spoke about the brand-new Jake Gyllenhaal film, uh, The Guilty, all of which, yeah, available now on all of the uh, all of the streaming sites that I've just mentioned. Uh, but I won't repeat myself. So, yes, they're available now. If you've, Like I say, if you've li- listened to any of them, thank you. Thank you so much. But episode 28, here we are. And this week, I re-watched El Camino, a Breaking Bad film. Um, and usually, you know, I've, seen, I've listened to a lot of Breaking Bad podcasts, a lot of Breaking Bad um, discussions, and obviously it's like one of the greatest if not the greatest tv show ever it's up there i think they always say like critics always say that breaking bad and the wire are the two greatest tv shows ever there's an argument to be made that breaking bad is better than the wire um but either way it's it is just a masterpiece an absolute masterpiece of a tv show and so when we got el camino announced and and a bit of a surprise announcement uh back in 2019 i believe it was released um it was just wonderful to revisit that world. I mean, I know that we got, you know, the Breaking Bad spin-off, Better Call Saul, which is doing so, so well in its own right. Um, but it was just always kind of that thing of what happened to Jesse Pinkman? Like, what happened to him after he, you know, fled the neo-Nazis, burst through those gates at the end of the uh, finale? Spoilers, obviously, for Breaking Bad if you've not seen it yet. But I'd imagine you wouldn't be listening to this if you hadn't. But anyways, we're obviously going to have to kind of spoil Breaking Bad but and we're going to spoil El Camino because this is a revisit so we're going to kind of go over the entirety of the film or just bits of this and and just yeah why I like this film so much really and and why as viewers we enjoyed this film because it was like a really really good and uh, and big surprise when when it was announced but just going back to what I was saying there, we always wondered what happened to Jesse, even during the break, Better Call Saul seasons as they've gone on especially when the first season happened it was you were curious to see whether any of these characters will pop up again, obviously in Better Call Saul as well, you know, we got to see kind of glimpses into the future of what, you know, what Saul was up to post-Breaking Bad. Um, but Jesse Pinkman was always one that you just kind of thought it was nice that he kind of got, you know, freedom at the end of Breaking Bad. But that wasn't surely the end of his story. And alas, it wasn't because here we are with El Camino and Vince Gilligan just very quickly is absolutely a magician, wizard, genius, whatever word you want to put there for Vince Gilligan. He is all of them. Uh, He's responsible for me anyways on a personal level. I'm a massive X-Files fan, uh, which I will be coming to do an X-Files podcast episode in the future, so don't worry about that. It's it's quite, when I think about it, it's quite strange. I've not done one as of yet, but it will be coming. Don't you worry. But Vince Gilligan is responsible for some of my all-time favorite X Files episodes, and you know what he did with the, with the show as well, with his right, you know, with his writing is is it's always it's going to it's just everlasting really. And and plus, if it wasn't for him doing the X Files uh, and penning the episode Drive, he'd never have met Brian Cranston, and Brian Cranston would then never become Walter White um, or Heisenberg. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot. Of, it's amazing how many people started their careers in the X Files. I mean, just just quickly, just obviously relating it to Breaking Bad, but in terms of the X-Files, you know, Dean Norris, who played Hank, he appeared in the X-Files. Uh, Aaron Paul, Jesse Pinkman, he appeared uh, in the X-Files, as two, obviously, as I've just mentioned there, Brian Cranston. Um, it always it seems like the X-Files was kind of like the the place to be, especially in those 90s and early 2000s. Well, obviously, it finished in the early 2000s, its original run, but it just seems to be the place for, like, these up-and-coming actors to really get 
get a kickstart. And uh, I just love the X Files. So that's another story for another day. Um, but Vince Gilligan, obviously, just going back to him, I I just love love what he's done, and and I think that if anything, his writing with X Files is what drew me straight away to Breaking Bad because I I just think that Breaking Bad as a whole is like that we've just kind of discussed already it is a masterpiece like it is for me anyways the although x-files is my personal favorite tv show of all time i would i i would definitely say that breaking bad is the best tv show of all time and and maybe future on future podcast episodes we'll end up revisiting breaking bad and kind of going over it as a whole maybe if there's any guests who want to join me on that one because i'd imagine there's a lot of breaking bad fans out there then again i'd be more than happy to get that sorted but uh, but right here though on episode 28 um, it's a revisit of El Camino, and like I said at the start, I mean, this was super secret. Like, it came out of nowhere. It was a big surprise, like, the way, the, how they filmed it, and fair play to Vince Gilligan and his entire crew, who obviously worked tirelessly and endlessly to give us this nice surprise. Um, yeah, just absolutely excellent, and and finally getting, say, a bit of bit of closure, or even you could you could see this as like a a bit of um like a double episode if you you know if you want to think of it that way, in 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 the sense that you know we got the ending, the finale, and then this is just kind of wrapping up a few bits and bobs. It's so nice to revisit, you know, that world again, and I think that's what drew us in because I remember the very first teaser for this when it dropped, you know, Skinny Pete getting interviewed by the police, which actually doesn't make an appearance in the film. I think it worked as an excellent little teaser trailer, though, where they're questioning about, you know, where's Jesse Pinkman? He's like, oh, I don't know, I'm not going to tell you anyways, even if I did. I just thought, what a way to to bring us back and to get that hype train moving, because, like, like I mentioned, this was completely out of the blue, completely, for us as, as fans and viewers, we just was like, oh, my word. I mean, for me, I was so hyped for it. I even booked the day off work, I think half a day off work, actually, so I could finish at lunch and then go home and watch El Camino on its release date to avoid any spoilers, to have nothing ruined for me. It was definitely worth the holiday time. Um, but yeah, El Camino, written, directed by Vince Gilligan, starring Aaron Paul, of course, as Jesse Pinkman, really just wraps up and and, and caps off, um, yeah, Jesse Pinkman's, his, yeah, run from the law and his past, really. I mean, that in itself could pretty much be a synopsis for it. It's just a case of finishing Jesse Pinkman's story. He's just escaped from the neo-Nazis, his captors, and he's on the run now, obviously, because the law are obviously after him for everything that's essentially happened before, prior to that. And, you know, things are, like, catching up on him anyway. It's like everything just seems to be, you know, coming all all to pass, really, for, for poor old Jesse. Because as a character, he has had, you know, during his Breaking Bad run, he had, like, the worst of the worst, didn't he? He was always, that, you know, the sidekick, obviously. Walt was the guy that got them out of the tricky situations. And he just, you know, there were times, obviously, when Jesse did stand up for himself and did, you know at least fight back in, in what Walt was doing during Breaking Bads. Um, but he was always, like I say, that little side, that side character that just got just absolutely panned all the time. Like, it was just endless stuff that happened to him. I mean, you know, not only does he obviously get end up pretty badly beaten at one point, obviously by Hank as well, um, you know, losing... You know, losing his partner as well towards the end of the to the series in such a horrific fashion as well. Uh, I've I've ever I've totally forgot her name actually, but Brock's mum basically, uh, and even Brock obviously getting poisoned as well. Like I, um, yeah, he he goes through a lot in Breaking Bad, and he's always been. You know, this is why I think I I really enjoyed this film because it was kind of bringing Jesse out of that sidekick role and into 
the main role. This is his role. This is the this is he's the main character now. Obviously, Walter White passes at the end of Breaking Bad, so that you know there's, he hasn't got he hasn't got that fallback on for anyone to either save him or even get him out of any sticky situations. The last thing that Walt did obviously was an act of heroism in the sense of being able to you know free Jesse from uh, the the neo Nazis, Jack uh, Jack's gang, and everything like that. Jack Welker's gang uh, and Todd, and obviously we'll be talking a bit more about Todd as well uh, in this because he you know makes an appearance again. In in El Camino, there's some great sequences again between them, and 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 classic in classic Vince Gilligan style. Obviously, this film does rely heavily on flashbacks as well. I say heavily; I don't mean that in a bad way. It just relies on flashbacks to kind of give us a bit more dynamic and it explores that that time period of well, different time periods, obviously for Jesse, but also especially with Todd as well. We got there's a, there's one of my favorite segments or sequences in this entirety of the film is, you know, the time that they have together, whether it's. Um, well, obviously, you know the main thing they do is they he has to take a body out, um, and I think it's his cleaner, Todd's cleaner, and you know, and and bury it. And there's a great sequence there between them two in the desert, which we'll come to in a while. But that is definitely, I think, probably one of my favorite favorite sequences and 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 yeah, scenes in uh, in this film. But El Camino, though, yeah, it obviously starts off essentially with a nice little flashback between. Uh, Jesse and Mike, uh, what a character Mike is as well. Obviously, I loved him in uh, in Breaking Bad, and obviously, it still carries on. He should have definitely. I don't know if he, did, he should have been nominated. At least won an Emmy for one of his performances. There's an episode in Better Call Saul when it was kind of all about him, uh, and it was absolutely brilliant. Jonathan Banks, that is who plays Mike, and the opening, yeah, is, is really really nice. It's, it's in between. It's just before they go and tell Walt. I think in season five that they're done, that they're out, and they don't want to do this anymore. And what I liked about this shot was that in a way. The way that they, the way that Vince Gilligan shot this, obviously, you've got you get to see a sequence of them having the conversation from the back, but then also at the front. But it's kind of like we're more in the in the actual like river, the lake, than we are, you know, in front of them for a, uh, yeah, for 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 that shot rather. Sorry, uh, but what I liked about it, sorry, is that the, the, there's this this like trickle of water that's just going, and and it almost reminds me of the sense that even though Jesse's deciding at this moment, he's like, I'm done, I'm out, you know, I, I want to just you know, live my life now kind of thing. Almost like all streams lead down the same the same ocean. Um and even though he's decided he, he would leave and he would, you know, pack this in, this uh, breaking bad, you know, um he's uh, he ends up obviously stuck with it for 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 however long so you know he gets kind of kidnapped obviously by Jack Welker's uh, gang and he's tied up and having to uh chained up I should say having to cut crystal meth for them for however long until Walt manages to get around and uh and and you know save him um i do really like this opening it's kind of like it was just a nice little like calm before the storm because it's you know it would literally he says he's out they have this conversation and then it just cuts straight away to where we left jesse pinkman at the end of breaking bad when he's you know crying with almost happiness as well obviously and just letting out these these you know gut-wrenching painful you know grunts and 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 screams because of what he's just been through everything that he's been through already and we learn more about what he went through as well um in this film you know to come from from where he, to see where he was at one point you know when he was on top of the world if you will earning all this money doing doing what he was with Walter White and Mike and Gus and everyone like that um to then being this almost shadow of himself who's Essentially, he was their pet, like, and that's something that I would very well describe him, especially with him, with him and Todd's relationship as well. He is just a pet. There's the sequence, obviously, in this film where we see Todd um, go to the cage that Jesse's in, obviously having a conversation with him through the sheets, and um, 
yeah, like Jesse Plemons, again, great actor. And one of the striking things that obviously most people did pick up on was the kind of weight gain that Jesse Plemons has got. But that wasn't due to anything other than the fact that he was um, doing different roles. And so he was in between, I think he was doing Black Mass uh, and Fargo. And so he had to like have a bit more weight for his character. And that's why he differs from the final season that we saw him in Breaking Bad. Plus, it's been a couple of years since, obviously... Breaking Bad ended. We all can't look the exact same. I guess unless you're Aaron Paul, because he looks like <laughs> no time has passed whatsoever. Um, but yeah, so there's that sequence where he's chatting to him through the fence and he lets him out and then he's going on the task that he wants him to do. And um, it's just that moment when Todd, like, obviously sees the state of Jesse's hair and he's like, oh, he's like, get you all cleaned up and like start stroking his hair and then like licking his hands and sorting his hair out, essentially like you would do with a pet. And that, that is what Jesse was, unfortunately, to these guys towards the end of his towards the end of Breaking Bad's run anyways. He's just this, yeah, like a pet that was just cooking crystal meth for them. And it's it's horrible what he goes through in, in Breaking Bad when you think about it. For such a, you know, he's he's such a gentle character. I mean, obviously, well, you know, he's, he's he does bad things, but he's, he's, he's with the, you know, he's got a good heart, obviously, with everything that happens. I've, I've not even mentioned, obviously, what happened to Jane as well, obviously, by losing Jane early in that long list of horrible things that happened to him. You know, she ODs and Walt just lets her just die, like choking her own sick and... Obviously, we can we we could go down the road of of talk about Walter White and and this that, and that, but that's not what we're here for. I mean, we will talk about him because obviously he makes a cameo in El Camino, which was lovely to see. Um, but you know, I don't want to get too bogged down in the stuff that happened in Breaking Bad because I really want to just focus on El Camino as like a. a st- I mean, we we do have to talk about Breaking Bad because wouldn't El Camino wouldn't be here, would it, if we didn't if we didn't have Breaking Bad's. Um, so Todd and Todd and Jesse's relationship is literally just like an owner and a pet, and all the way through that, I mean, there's there's. That that whole shot even of him singing uh, sharing the night together that that sequence obviously they've just picked up the body, which by the way when you go to Todd's when they go to Todd's apartment and there's a lot of Easter eggs in there and we do see a lot you know throughout uh, a little nods and and such even if it's not you know if it's not just actual items like you know the snow globe and such that's in Todd's apartments if it, if it's not just that that little nods it's also the shots that. Vince Gilligan makes and uh, and creates sorry during during this El Camino film. You know he, he loves a good time lapse. He loves those open sequences of like just a desert or whatever. Uh, and this film really is the closest that you'll get to a western that's not a western. Um, and yeah, I think that Vince Gilligan, like I praise him enough at the start of this already. Um, he really is just an absolute genius when it comes to well when he put this together because. Like I said, they had to film it all in secret. There was, I think it was like, I can't remember what the nickname was for the, or the secret code word for the film was. It was like green something or other. Um, you know, they were filming these sequences, especially in particular the Walter White flat, you know, flashback where, you know, we get to see them together. They were filming that, um, obviously back at, back in its actual, where it needs to be shot in, you know, and, and, and I think they were kind of, when the RV was there, they were just saying, oh, it was just like a tour, this, that, and the other, like it was just kind of breaking bad tour and the RV was part of that. So, they did really well, uh, even to an extent where the diners in the flashback sequence with Walter White, um, they were all extras. As in the extras, they were crew members and, and the families. There were literally no actual hired actor for those flashback sequences. So to avoid any spoilers or anything hitting the web or even about, because obviously the big question that we all had, well, not we all had, but some people on the internet was, is Walter White going to be in it? or And is it going to be a flashback? Or did Walt somehow survive at the end of... Um, at the end of Breaking Bad, and, and that straight away gets quashed because there's like the the news report at the start saying about the number of bodies that have been found, and obviously that's what led to Je- you know the, the 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 thing of Jesse Pinkman being being hunted by the police, um, and yeah, I, I just think yeah the, the amount of the the excessive and and much needed 
secrecy of this of this film is uh, kind of what makes it even better because you know it just came out of nowhere and we just were all for it. But anyways, I'm going I'm going I'm going everywhere at the minute. I'm like here, left, right, and centre because one minute I was talking about Todd and Jesse's relationship and the next I'm talking about crew cash crew and extras and I think that's how this this podcast is really going to go because. I just really, really like this film. I think that it was, for me anyways, like I felt that it did everything that it should have done. We got to see a Jesse Pinkman that had been broken, that had been really pushed, you know, pushed and quashed right down to the worst possible, possible person or, or even, yeah, being that he is, really, really, you know, ruined. And we get to see that at the start when he turns back up at Badger and Skinny Pete's, which is a great little cameo as well. I love to see those guys. The amount of cast that do pop up in this film is amazing. It's wonderful to have them all back together. But when we see him at the start and he's, like I say, it, it, like I, I've mentioned that I've used the word pet a lot and that's how it, how you could say, see, you know, Jesse in this film. He's gone from, like I said, being his own person. I mean, maybe to an extent, not even his own person because he was always kind of under the, not under the thumb of Walter White, but, you know, Walt did have a hold on him um you know it, through 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 everything they went through whether it was good and really bad he still had that hold on Jesse even when you know Jesse could have killed Walt when he found out about Brock's poisoning you know and and this that and the other like it could have all could have all gone down that route anyways um but he didn't cuz you know Walt as usual managed to manipulate and and you know get his own way um so he really do this is the this is like almost like although it is essentially a continuation of what we got a breaking bad this is Almost like a new chapter for Jesse, because we have to see, but we have to see him get to that new chapter. We have to see him get to where he is at the end of this film, you know, where he's managed to kind of cut everything off, cut his cut ties with everything that was linked in Albuquerque, and now start to create his own new life away from everything, and hopefully live at least as a normal life as he possibly can do. Um, this original title for El Camino was sixty three, because it would effectively been the sixty third episode of Breaking Bad. And that really kind of, yeah, kind of just shows you what they were going for with this. They wanted to, I mean, this is the thing where, like, I would say that to really appreciate and love El Camino, you have to have watched Breaking Bad. It's all right. I mean, it's not really. I mean, it's one of the, I was going to say, it's all right, like, watching it without, but it's not. Like, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't watch Breaking Bad, there is literally no point in watching El Camino. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's, a, it's something you could watch without it, but I, I would definitely say that you would not enjoy it as much as as you would had you checked out Breaking Bad and I think nine times out of ten in this El Camino's case anyways that everyone that was watching it had already loved and enjoyed Breaking Bad a number of a number of rewatch times before. Um but just going back to as mentioned like these flashback sequences, they were all filmed like in a handheld style as opposed to the scenes set in the present. Um and they were all like widescreen and, and locked down if you will. Um, and this was this was inspired uh, to the fact that Breaking Bad was primarily filmed handheld as well. The camera crew would use like large and heavy filming equipment. Um, they would obviously achieve this handheld effect by placing the camera on like on top of a rig consisting of a truck airbag between two plastic plates that could be inflated or deflated easily. And these sequences are great. So those flashback sequences, like I love when it kind of focuses on Jesse for a moment and then it kind of cuts away to them. I mean, the use of camera work in this film is quite stunning. Like, so when when Jesse's looking for the money in Todd's apartment, that whole set of the apartment, of of, of Todd's apartment, where we see the the top uh, above, from above Jesse and, and looking down at the apartments as he's ransacking the house completely. I mean, not only is he ransacking it, but, you know, they've, you know, they've filmed 
a, a him in a different room and then almost like copied and pasted in, him into the, each room. So there's a Jesse Pinkman in each of the rooms from, you know, from above and looking down. And that shot for me is like, it's so good. It's like a little maze, like almost like a game as well. You could even take like Mouse Hunt or Mousetrap, whichever game it is kind of thing where, you know, there's just stuff going off everywhere. And, and it just shows that kind of chaoticness that Jesse's going through, that kind of like, we've all been there when we're looking for something. Like I really resonate with that. I'm a person that loses stuff a lot of the times and frantically just looking for stuff. And then that kind of hopelessness at the end when he's literally torn this house to shreds, looking for the money that can essentially be his escape route out of the situation that he's in. Um, and there's those like kind of that moment where he sat, obviously just before he realizes that the money's in the fridge, you know, he's leaning up against the fridge and you can genuinely see like the heartbreak and, and the, those tears in his eyes of like clear frustration and, and, and just, um, yeah, absolute, just, just completely empty almost thinking like, well, I've used all resources. I don't really know where else it could be. And then there's that obviously glimmer of hope when he hears a little, you know, little fall of, of money from behind him. Um, like just going back to those camera shots, I just think that the whole, the whole the way that Vince Gilligan just shoots his his work is is amazing. Um, you know, like I've already mentioned, whether it's just a lovely shot of a desert, and then you know you might you might the camera might be panning across wide, and then you'll just see in the desert, obviously like Todd's car and Jesse outside with like a shovel or whatever, and and so forth. And and I've, I've already said I want to touch upon the the interactions between Todd and Jesse, and I'm going to come into that in a second, but just just his his whole cinematography for this film, it's it is literally. It's breaking bad, but on a film scale. I love that it's widescreen as well. I absolutely love that this film is widescreen. And uh, it just, it's so, it's just, you know, not only do we get, like I said, there's there's all these cool little shots that 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 might be new. Like I said, that whole setting from the top looking down, but there's those other shots as well that Vince Gilligan likes to use where it's like, you're the object that, that like, for example, like you, they could be looking at a table, like looking down at a table and the camera is the table. It's like they use obviously like see-through glass to put the camera underneath and look up and it almost fits like the shot uh similar one in this in El Camino that's just come to mind is where um the fake cops who are also looking for the money um in Todd's house they turn up and obviously when they get Jesse down to the floor and stuff like he his face is essentially like the camera is the floor like we are look we are the floor and Jesse's being pressed down on it kind of thing while they're you know tying him up so they could continue looking for the look, looking for the money um you know those classic shots like the not you know not only the time lapses as well but just those classic Vince Gilligan shots that really stand out and you're like yep this is something that's in the Breaking Bad world um you do as well get to see some really really nice well you get to see um the the old uh, kind of officers for for Saul and obviously Los Palos Hermanos as well, which is obviously long gone now. Um, but you know, it's nice to see as well that we we do get those little little nods of things that have happened since everything that has happened in Breaking Bad. You know, we even get like some great cameos. I've already mentioned, obviously, we get you know Badger and uh, and Skinny Pete, but there's old Joe as well, played by Larry Hankin, who arguably has the best mini cameo not only do we get to see him and 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 you know a, a bit of a more like a, a final send-off for his character but the fact that he's there being all like you know remembering the whole magnet sequence as well was just great like it's just it's those kind of like moments when you remember you know why you fell in love with this because they're not going to lie let's be honest when El Camino was announced there is there's always going to be some kind of like animosity or at least scrutiny I mean there's hype as well don't get me wrong like there's so much hype about coming back to Breaking Bad um, especially because obviously with Break Better Call Saul it's like if that wasn't as good as Breaking Bad, it doesn't matter because it's a TV series in its own right. Whereas El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, is a direct sequel to Breaking Bad. I think there's a lot more pressure on Vince Gilligan and co. to make this as good and as as 
big as it deserves to be because it's it's massive. Like Breaking Bad, obviously, is massive. So this film equally needs to be as as grand. I mean, we're not expecting huge explosions. I'm not expecting like a big you know shootout this that and the other or even the same necessary level of Breaking Bad. And I think that's why I love this film even more because even though it's, it's it isn't Breaking Bad, it still is that continuation. It's like an extension to Breaking Bad. Um, just it's it's just great to have Jesse Pinkman as the main role because he he completely owns it. I mean, Aaron Paul knows his character inside and out. And if anything, you know, it, well, it wouldn't work anyways if they were going to try and do a spin-off and not include Jesse as a, as a sequel, not to not include Jesse. But I think that's why, you know, he's able to, obviously there'd been a number of years between the Breaking Bad finale and, and El Camino, but he was able to literally just get back into that character's mindset to know and understand where he was at that point of, of, that last episode, then continue this, you know, this almost like, you know, run from the police and, and everyone else that's after him as well. Um, Aaron Paul does a fine, fine, not just a fine job, a, a fantastic job uh, of really bringing that like desperation to Jesse's character. I mean, there's always been that, there's been desperation before in his, in his, in his arc during Breaking Bad, but this is a genuine like last ditch. I mean, he even says it himself, you know, when, when the fake police, um, we, we, well, we'll come to them in a second because the fake, the fake police essentially, um, it's Candy who is responsible for kind of setting up the rig that Jesse is tied to with the neo Nazis. So it's him that set it all up, and obviously he knew as well that Todd had this money. That's why they're there looking for it. Um, which if you've seen, you'll know anyways. But there's a sequence, obviously, when Jesse they, they they're splitting the money, and Jesse's taking his own, and he's like essentially is like asking him to stop, puts the gun to Jesse's head and says, I will shoot you. And Jesse doesn't stop because he's like, just do it already. Like, it doesn't matter to me because if like, either way, like if I don't get this money, I'm dead anyways. <laughs> Whatever, if I don't get this now, I'm gone regardless. So there's real, like another level of like this whole desperation for Jesse to get going. And it just seems like that all the odds are against him because why wouldn't they be? He's just on the run. He's literally one man. Like I say, Walter White's out of the picture. There's no, you know, no help whatsoever, but he is just one man. The only other person that can help him obviously turns out to be Ed um, or the disappearer. If you were, if you were, yeah, if you obviously recall that from, from Breaking Bad, the vacuum cleaner repairman and salesman who, uh, yeah, basically kind of just, offers a service of taking people, mostly criminals, uh, and giving them whole new lives and identities, which was something that Walt was actually going to do. And I think even, yeah, Jesse was going to do because he you know, charges him in this film for the first round. And then he's like, well, I can do it again, but it's going to cost you another X amount of money. So everything does seem to stack up because just when you think he's like free from it all, there's always another setback. I just very quickly want to go back to obviously one of the other flashbacks because as I say, there's a quite a number of flashbacks in this and they're all absolutely brilliant. Uh, everyone in their own right could have easily slotted into a Breaking Bad episode, you know, in in in, in, another, in one way or another. Sorry, uh, but the 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 sequence between Todd and Jesse, where you know Todd's killed his cleaner because the cleaner found all this money, and there's also you could also also argue because I believe that Todd says that um he strangled the cleaner with i think it's a belt i think he did it with um which again kind of foreshadows his own demise because it's obviously at the end of breaking bad jesse is the one to you know uh choke him to death um strangles him to death with his i think it's his chains or even maybe just his just use of his arms i, I i'm terrible this is this is this is for, for such a big fan of the show i'm like which, which did he do it with chains or did he do it with arms um but yeah you could say there's a foreshadow in there of, of of todd's demise obviously by the way that he killed his cleaner um but that whole that whole sequence and and you know going from getting the the body from from a to b from the from the from the apartment to the car and then from the car to the to the field they're in it's so sinister but in such a 
kind of like clunky way if that makes sense like obviously because todd's not exactly mr masterminds like he's a very you know he's a simple character um dark character obviously but he's a very simple soul um and there's just something quite just yeah like clunky in the sense of getting jesse to do that dirty work with him to help him move it and it's it just it's almost like there's no well obviously todd doesn't there's no respect almost for that for the deceased for the dead you know he's he's done what he's done there's no remorse there he's just kind of like do you want some soup i'll make some soup if you want like while this body's there on the floor um and the fact that obviously that he did it because she just found some money and it wasn't as even if she was trying to steal the money this clean and she was literally just like, I found it. I don't know if this is yours kind of thing. And we don't obviously see the actual, the killing of the cleaner, but it's just something quite sinister and twisted about Todd. And we knew this anyways, obviously, because he kills that little boy uh, in Breaking Bads. Um, you know, just from, just on the bike, you know, that simple wave and then shoots him. It's... Uh, yeah, he is a bit of a sick and twisted individual, and and you know that uh, we get to see that again because obviously we you know he's done what he's done, you know he's killed the cleaner, and then he's driving uh, he's driving along you know to go to the desert to bury her somewhere, and he's just having a sing song, you know, trying to get a trying to get a lorry to you know he's trying to hoot down the lorry saying oh you know give him a pip or whatever and singing sharing the night together it's. Uh, it's so weird. It's almost as close to a music video in a way that you possibly could, except the fact that this guy's got a dead body and Jesse Pinkman in his boot of his car. There's there's definite kind of admiration. Like, he wouldn't do this. He wouldn't ask Jesse to do it if he didn't like him. Like, he definitely likes Jesse and thinks that, you know, he, he's on some level is a nice, you know, a decent person and wants to be his friend. But because of his family and because of what they've done to Jesse, obviously, there'll always, there'll never be a, a true balance of friendship between them. I mean, it's not a case of friendship anyways. Obviously, you could just say it's respect. But Aaron Paul, obviously, with that portrayal of like, the secret for me, like the, the more, one of my, I think the reason why I, I, I not enjoy the scene so much, but why I think it's probably one of the best sequences in the film is because I think it truly shows you just how broken Jesse is. Not only is he obviously, you know, physically and mentally broken but he's he's broken on so many different levels as well that you know he can't even shoot him down when he does get the opportunity um and and that's through fear obviously because it's all right if he was to shoot todd that's that's todd out of the picture but then he's got all of the rest of his you know gang and and family that are gonna obviously hunt him down and in that position that he's in he's literally got nothing um there you know that there is no outcome and say at this point in this flashback obviously walt has you know he's gone off on uh, you know he's gone off in hiding and and you know probably working his way back to to resolve everything, um, but Jesse's got no one. You know no girlfriend. His family have turned the back on him as well, obviously. And you know he's just a broken, broken shell of a character. And that's why I think this scene kind of just really it represents that perfectly. You know he he goes to get some extra cigarettes from the from the you know from the car, sorry, the, 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 the compartment in the car. And that's when he sees the gun, a little nod as well, because I, I know that the cigarettes there were the, uh, the, they were the Morley brand X-Files fans, Eagle Eye fans as well. will know that Morley is essentially, it's, 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 it's the same design as Marlboro Reds, but Morley's are what the, uh, the cigarettes were using the X-Files for the cigarette smoking man. So I will always, always love a little Easter egg like that. And this film is, let's say it's full of Easter eggs. I've already mentioned there's so many great nods to, to the original Breaking Bad, not just shots, but also actual physical Easter eggs. Um, and yeah, that you know, he gets the gun out, and like I say, he could easily just shoot him. And and the way that Toddy speaks to him again is almost he's like a, like you'd speak to a pet when they've got something they shouldn't have. You know, just give it to me now. I'll take that, Jesse. I'll take that. And you, you see those tears coming down his face, and it's it's the simple thing of Todd just kind of breaking Jesse even more by offering him something that as small as pizza 
literally as small as pizza turns the tides and Jesse hands the gun over and, you know, it almost realises that obviously not only would he not get pizza, should he kind of like continue to break break the rules, but, you know, he would have... Well, he, he would, he'd, be, he'd, he'd probably be dead himself if he was to kill Todd, then there's no... I mean, you could say that maybe maybe they wouldn't kill him, the gang. They'd probably make his life even worse. I mean, it's a pretty horrific state as it was, that, that frame of mind and such, that they've broken him to that, to that core that he is literally... I mean, we saw him at the end, you know, towards the end of Breaking Bad, where he was all, literally just like a ghost almost, just walking up and down that same room, cooking them crystal meth. So they would have definitely tortured him and made it even worse. You know, he's got the scars you know, lasting with him forever and, and not only the physical scars but the mental ones as well and that dynamic between Todd and Jesse, although, you know, it, it doesn't, you know, we, we know the outcome of it at the end of Breaking Bad, it just really kind of shows you just what grip and what hold that they had on Jesse. Um, but to see him, you know, really, really, you know, taking taking back what's the kind of like rebuilding himself because he starts off, like I say, at the start of this film, he is just a broken soul, broken person, you know, out in the dirt, literally on the run, and then to see him, you know, get the help from the people that he needs, you know, Skinny Skinny Pete saying, like, you are my hero, this, that, and the other, you know, do whatever you want, you know, and, and Badger as well. And, you know, even when he's pleading with with Ed at the vacuum store that Ed works at, you know, it's it, you could kind of see that old Jesse coming back, that, that you know, that that he's not the same, obviously. He's wiser to, to what, and he's, he's, he wouldn't put himself in any, in any serious danger, which, you know, you see that when Ed threatens to ring the police on him, and he just, you know runs but you do see that he there's some you know like he is coming back he's getting that confidence back he's you know doing everything he possibly can um again the sequence with the with with candy and and his uh and his sidekick i'm gonna double check his name actually uh casey that's it yes so casey obviously when he finds jesse in that apartment that shot when you see the gun come out and the camera comes behind it it's literally like shot for shot of what we saw at the start of Breaking Bad with Walt and the gun pointing at the camera. It's literally the same shot. I just it, it, you see you see there obviously that he's still got that in him. Like he's he's still got the the capability of of being able to you know threaten, but also you know make sure that he's he's saving himself. And and like I've said, he's, he is a gentle soul, like Jesse. Like you saw in in the, in the Peekaboo episode when he was playing with the little insect on the floor. You know, he doesn't crush it; just picks it up, puts it down. We see that again in this film. You know, even after everything that he's done, I think it's when he's waiting for his parents to leave their house. We can jump in and get the the gun that he's after. You know, he sees a little bug on the floor, he picks it up, carries on playing with it, lets it go again. And after everything, I think this is why Jesse's such a a wonderful character in that sense. It's like he, um, yeah, he. He's there, like he's able to just not that we wouldn't blame him, but if he was to kill the thing, you know, to kill the insect at that point, you'd be like, oh, okay, then something has changed in him. But he's he's not, he's he's just the same character that he was before. I must apologise as well because it's not Candy. I think Candy was the business name of the uh, yeah the 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 company like the Bolton company that set him all up. It's actually Neil Scott MacArthur plays Neil, not Candy. Um, I think I've just got Candy in my head because that's the name of the company. But Neil and Casey, they're the two. Uh, yeah, they're the two kind of last kind of like the last piece in the puzzle which kind of brings us to the whole western vibe of it because this is as i mentioned just a big western um and that shootout at the end between uh yeah between casey neil and uh and jesse is is great i mean again it's almost like a little bit of a nod towards like the the ending to breaking bad you know this this whole like kind of you know thinking it's going to go one way but it goes the other you know you've got jesse who's got you know i think he's got one gun turns out he's got two one of them's in his pocket with his with his hand and i just love this whole 
Bill looks weird. There's obviously that level of cockiness as well because Neil, who allowed Jesse to take a third of the money from Todd's apartment, you know, thinks that's the end of it kind of thing. And he's always seems to be kind of taking control of it anyways, obviously, you know, making them, making them out to be cops when they're not. But that shot where it's just them two staring at each other, which I think we saw in the in the trailer as well when he's all like, when Neil says to Jesse, are you ready? And he's like, yeah. And then there it is, you know, you think like, who's going to shoot first? But Jesse beats him to it because he's got another gun in his pocket. And I just love the shot afterwards where we see the the smoke from his pocket, which is very similar to the smoke leaving the uh, the like the gun that Walt puts together from his car and saves everyone and kills obviously Jack's gang at the end of Breaking Bad, saves Jesse and takes a bullet himself kind of thing. There's that that smoke at the end of it. It's just again those like subtle little nods to the original run of Breaking Bad. Um, but as a whole, I think this film really does wrap up Jesse's story. You know, we we get so many flashbacks. We get to see Jane, obviously, in a flashback as well. They have a great little conversation about, you know, doing what he wants to do, you know, doing where he wants to go kind of thing. And really is, you know, the the, the little cherry on the ice. You know? And what I loved as well is that not only does he manage to eventually get his life back, even when he's, uh, you know, he has to obviously change his identity and everything like that. He does, you know, get to go and, and, and live off in, in Alaska, I believe he's heading off to. You know, he even, you know, manages to just finalise one last, little bit of closure for him and that's obviously to apologize to Brock to uh yeah for what, what happened to his mum uh, which originally I do believe that there was an alternate ending um for this film um in an interview with the rap Aaron Paul said originally in the first draft of the script the story would end with Jesse driving through Alaska and then you'd hear a voiceover of what what was inside the letter um he said the letter explains that he apologized to Brock for all the evil that he had brought to his life and asking for forgiveness and uh, maybe one day he said that we may get to see you know this alternate ending um you know Vince Vince Gilligan might really release it to the public which if he if he does he does if he doesn't you know whatever I, I, don't, I don't really mind I, I like the ending that we got I think that we knew as as, a, as an audience member what that letter would entail to Brock um purely because of yeah like this poor kid has been poisoned and losing his mum since meeting Jesse like it's not really going to take much for this young little child to work out what went wrong there um and it's again just that innocent child just been completely his his whole life has been completely just changed and yeah, so it's nice that you know that he managed to get for for him anyway for Jesse. Although it might not bring maybe necessary closure for Brock, it's something that as as a viewer we don't we would expect Jesse to do because I've already mentioned you know he is a good person. He's just done some stupid and bad things, and partly that's due due to who's got control over him. Uh, the gun that Jesse picks up in the Western shootout scene that I've just been talking about uh, is a Kimber Ultra Raptor Two. Uh, this is the same gun that Walt uses in the final episode of Breaking Bad to kill Jack. Now I know I've obviously just spoke about that kind of like smoke little nod to it, but there we go. There's another little tie there to uh, to the ending to Breaking Bad and that sequence as well when Walt just let, like again shoots him mid sentence like Jack did to Hank mid sentence as well. There's just a little little nice touch there and. <laughs> No one deserved a bullet to the head as much as uh, good old Jack Welker did. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm just looking through a bit more trivia, Sage, because I want to kind of get some more of this, uh, some more like trivia points out there for people that have, um, I don't know, not looked them up before. I haven't got too many, but uh, I did see that after the first week of release, uh, Netflix revealed that 25 million people had watched the film. That's just just shows you how big Breaking Bad is, doesn't it? Really, let's be honest. Uh, now, what I want to do is I want to jump to because I've spoke about all this that and the other. I've spoke about obviously uh, some of the other interactions that Jesse's had throughout. You know, we we get some great humorous moments in this film. In particular, one of my favorites is just a little line that he says to Eds at the vacuum store when he's like trying to trying to work out what to specifically say to ask to be like kind of taken off and have a new life, if you will. Um, and he's like, yo, you know what I mean? You're the guy. Like, yeah, you do. You're the guy. And it's like, yeah, you do. You're the guy. Just some nice 
little reminders of of that kind of like the way that Jesse was because this isn't the same Jesse Pinkman of course but the Jesse Pinkman back then had that kind of attitude had that you know I mean this whole film doesn't use I think the word bitch is used once in this film and that's in the flashback scene that I'm going to come to in a second but that just kind of shows you just where he's at because it's too serious to kind of have those yeah we do need those like humor humorous effects and I, and I don't think that this film you know suffers from you know, being too serious. Like I said, this is essentially a Western film, um, you know, but there are those like nice humorous moments. We do get an absolutely, you know, brilliant, brilliant sequences at a flashback very much towards the end of the film, which is what we were all waiting for. Like we, we, I think part of us deep down knew that something would have to happen with Brian Cranston and Walter White. And, you know, alas, we do get a great little cameo from Walter White and it's, uh, it's set in between, it's set after they've just survived the four days out episode, which just on a personal level is one of my favorite Breaking Bad episodes. I absolutely loved the whole episode. I think that it just from start to finish, it's humorous, it's serious, it's it's just got so many layers that episodes. Um and it was kind of like the start for me of like of, of like obviously Walt does some stupid things, but this the, the decision to go off and do that obviously it works, but I think it just showed you showed just how like how much Walt could lie and manipulate his way out of things, or at least just yeah, just started that path for. Anyways, by the by, I love this flashback sequence where they're in the diner following, you know, getting back from that. They've obviously had, you know, they're, they're, they've washed this and the other. There's there's the great sequence of them walking down the hallway together and you just, and it's just like almost like the boys are back in town. Like when, when, when Jesse knocks on the door and then waits and you're thinking, who is he knocking on the door to? And you're like, oh, here we go. It's going to be, there he is. Like we just see those two walking down together. It was almost like, no time had passed and they were off to cut Crystal Meth again together. It was great to see them both, you know, sharing that screen again. But I just really enjoyed the sequence of them both together. You know, obviously Jesse just cramming all this food on his plate and it's like, yeah, bitch. And then just those having that conversation and there's that there's that moment between Walt and Jesse, obviously. And and, and you could argue, because the people could argue with Breaking Bad that Walt didn't really care about Jesse, which I don't which I don't personally believe at all. Like you could say that he used him. And he does use him for the most part. There are, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's almost like get out of jail card sometimes. You know, especially with like the whole Gale situation. You know, he makes Jesse kill Gale so that Walt doesn't get killed. Because in in you know for Gus it was kind of like well if Gale can copy the recipe we don't need Walt anymore. He's too much for danger. But obviously he makes you know Jesse you know rings Jesse like you've got to do it otherwise they're going to kill me. And it's you know constantly putting Jesse in those horrific positions and and you know the, the, those moments uh, you know very very um, yeah like shattering for such a character because like i said jesse's not a killer and he says that in this film i'm not a cop killer this that and the other like he, he isn't a killer he just he gets put into these very very difficult and horrible positions that have molded and shaped him as a character but this sequence between walt and jesse in that diner when they're just having breakfast or this that and the other you know you get the moment where walt's coughing and jesse's straight away over because this isn't too far into their you know meth relationship you know they've not been doing it too long because four days out was in, only in season two but then there's that moment where Walt's like, you could go back to college, this, that, and the other. You could you could go and do like a business degree. You know, you, you could, you, you know, you're marketing. You know, you could really, you know, just showing that he does pay attention to, or at least know that there is, um, there's something in Jesse that, that really, that once they're all done and dusted, albeit, you know, the downfall for Walt is that he, he can never be done and dusted with this. He's too, he enjoys it too much. So it's like what started off to be like a, a strategy to earn more money slowly becomes in him being consumed by a, being a kingpin, essentially. And that's where everything changed for him. Because there is, there's that scene, obviously, with Skylar in Breaking Bad when she's like, how much is 
too much or how much is enough? When is it going to, when is the line going to be drawn and you're going to be like, that's me done? That will never happen with Wall. I mean, we don't know it at the time, obviously, in Breaking Bad when you're watching it, but it's just, he's too far gone and he's too deep in it for him to just be like, nah, I'm, I'm done now. Whereas Jesse obviously had several times to get out of this and he does try to get out of it and, and he doesn't. Uh, sadly, for whatever reason, there's something that stops him from getting out of it, whether it's been chained up by some neo Nazis or, or obviously Wall, you know, manipulating him into sticking around or whatever. But this moment between them two actually just, for me anyways, on that level showed that Walt did care about him because he's like, you know, you can do this and you can do that. And then there's that, one of my favourite quotes of the entire film is like, you, it says to Jesse something along the lines of like, you're so lucky that you've not had to wait your whole life to do something special, which obviously for a personal level for Walt is that, you know, he's definitely still kind of hung up on the whole grey matter situation um and obviously only being a teacher you know he sold his sold his shares of the the grey matter to elliot and her name's gone as well um but you know he's gretchen there we go there we go gretchen um he sold his shares to those guys and then he's kind of just lived this well normal life even though like he's a he is a genius in his own right it's it's how he's then you know kind of lived with that regret almost which leads him down to this path of becoming a kingpin um, but that moment, as I say, just between him and Jesse in that diner is absolutely brilliant. It's a great, great little cameo, great flashback. That's all we needed. Didn't need anything too extravagant. I didn't need you to tell me that Walter White was alive because it was done and dusted at the end of Breaking Bad. But I just think it's a very, very, very lovely moment between the two of them. And just kind of reminded you of Breaking Bad days. And if anything, that's that's another massive tick, let's be honest, because this TV show is so good. I'm sure there's more to this film that I want to talk about uh, that I've probably all you know forgotten um, but I just really wanted to revisit it because, like I said, I rewatched the film this week and I really, really enjoyed it again. I've got it on Steelbook and it's been in my collection since I bought it, but I've never actually, I've watched it on Netflix, but never actually picked it up and watched any like bonus features or even just watched the film again um, on physical copy. And I absolutely loved watching this again. Um, it's so, so good. Um, I think El Camino is a fantastic little, fantastic addition to Breaking Bad. It's a nice extension. It really keeps us going. It's so suspense at times. It's got everything that you'd expect from a Breaking Bad sequel. Uh, and Jesse, you know, Aaron Paul's portrayal of Jesse in this is absolutely 10 out of 10. Really, really nailed it. Um, out of 10, this film for me is a definite eight, eight and a half maybe. Um, but I've really enjoyed revisiting this and like talk about it, giving you my thoughts on the film. If you want to get, get in touch with the, 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 well, to get in touch with me or the, the podcast, sorry, you can jump onto Facebook and just search Joe Blogs about films. But this has been episode 28, revisiting El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. As I've mentioned, though, I'm pretty certain that in future, because we love talking about TV as well, that we will be revisiting Breaking Bad as a whole. But I'm, you know, really, really, really glad um, that Vince Gilligan decided to revisit and, you know, conclude Jesse Pinkman's story. And, uh, yeah, what a conclusion it is. As I say, though, episode 28 of Joe Blogs About Films. Thank you ever so much for listening in. Revisiting El Camino. We'll be back, obviously, in the next couple of weeks. I think next week, even, I'll be seeing Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Any other films that come away or TV shows beforehand, I'm sure you'll be hearing all about it right here on this podcast. But thank you ever so much again for listening. <laughs>